One of the challenges this Lent that our Archbishop Alexander Sample has put forward to us is to put down social media platforms and pick up sacred readings. And perhaps this week, maybe you want to pick up some sacred music influences. Joining me this morning, it is our good friend Terry Ross. He is host of The Glory of the Mass, and every week he brings forward very beautiful sacred music to this week's liturgy. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for joining us today. Well, you're very welcome, Brenda. Well, we are fast moving through these months. Here we are on the first weekend of March and the third weekend of Lent. Tell our listeners what you have picked out, kind of special that you're going to be airing throughout the entire month of March. Well, the month of March, I've decided, will be uh, all all of the Mass Ordinaries and a lot of the other music for the programs will be either by German or Austrian composers. Uh, so we're starting off with Bach, and we eventually make our way to Mozart and others. So should be very interesting. It is. And so for people listening, this would step away from the usual Renaissance period and bring people and introduce them to the Baroque period. That's very correct, yes. Usually we've, we feature music from the 15th or, and the 16th centuries. Here we're featuring, featuring music from the 17th and 18th. Okay, very good. Now, you said today's featured uh, artist is Bach, and his dates of his existence, living on Earth, fit exactly within what you call the Baroque period. Yes, they don't fit in. The Baroque period fits into them. Um, Bach was born uh, in 1685, died in 1750, and almost all the great Baroque composers that we can think of, Albanoni, Vivaldi, and Handel and all the others, uh, were born and died roughly during that period. So it's a a 65-year period that we call the Baroque period. Okay. And Renaissance period, though, that was a much longer span of time, right? It was longer. It it included, you can even go back as far as the 14th century and call it the Renaissance, uh, which means a rebirth. and it, it, it certainly goes all the way up through Palestrina, who died at the end of the 16th century. Terry, so what is the main differences then that stands the Baroque period apart from the Renaissance music that people were so used to hearing in church? Well, there are several things, but the first is the, is the way the music is organized. During the Renaissance period, all the vo- vocal parts were arranged so that they would meld together in what we call a sacred polyphony uh, during the the period that follows the baroque period the music was more uh, based on the bass line uh, and then all the other parts sort of followed from the bass Um, so it it looks different on the page uh, and it certainly sounds different also they started using instruments a lot during the baroque period in church um, which they had not done very much, uh, except in Italy during the Renaissance. Terry, now you had spoke of the composers during the Renaissance period. Oftentimes they were hired or contracted by these grand cathedrals to be their resident musician, and they would write these beautiful masses for the parish that they were working, the cathedral church they were working for. Was that the same thing during these years of Renaissance? Do you know, were these composers, like Bach, was he hired by a church to write sacred liturgical music, or was he more of a freelancer, so to speak? 
There are some freelancers, but basically all these guys worked for one outfit. Uh, Bach worked for a church uh, for 50 years, um, and he wrote all of his music, basically all of his music for that church. It's a little bit different by Telemann. He was more a, he, he more worked for a city than for a church. Oh, okay. Um, Vivaldi uh, wrote almost all of his music for the convent that he was music master of, and the same holds for some of the other Baroque composers. So things hadn't really changed. Uh, no one except Handel broke the broke the mold when he went to England as a Baroque composer because he, he put on his own shows, uh, especially his operas and oratorios. He hired the the hall, hired the singers and everything else, and kept all the receipts. So that starts to become what we, what we might call a, a self-employed professional musician. Terry Ross is joining us today because he has a new episode of Glory of the Mass set up with all German and Austrian composers for the entire month of March. And this week, specially picked out pieces for the third Sunday of Lent. As we typically do, Terry, we listen to a piece of music that you have picked out for this week's episode. And sticking with that composer, this is a piece by Bach. Tell us a little bit about this music. Well, the piece is called Lobet den Herrn, which means basically praise the Lord. Uh, Bach wrote six motets like this. Therefore, they can be played with an orchestra or they can be done a cappella. This one really can use an accompaniment by an organ. But we're going to hear a version sung by the Collegium Vocal Ghent. It has a special meaning for me because it's the first music I had to sing as basically a serious choir singer. I was auditioning to sing in the repertory chorus at the University of California, which included basically graduate students in music from the, from Cal and a few members of the community like me. Um, and I went there. I prepared the music that I was called for, which was this Lobet den Herrn. Um, and I sang. I prepared the baritone part, which or the bass part, because that was what I'd always been singing. And the guy who was conducting the rehearsal, uh, a wonderful musician named Philip Brett now has now passed away. He said, you're not a bass, you're a tenor. I said, well, I didn't prepare the tenor part. He said, well, just sight read it. It's not, you'll, you'll do okay. So I did sight read it, not, not, as, not perfectly, but I did get through it all right. And I got into that choir. So this piece has special meaning for me uh, because it's one of the first pieces that I ever sang as a serious choir singer. All right. Well, I am excited to hear this piece Lobet den Herrn. Harry, that is such a complicated piece. Now, did you find that when you had to sight read it, was there a big difference between the bass or the baritone that you had prepared and the tenor parts that the choir director wanted you to sing? For the first couple measures, uh, they're the same because it's a it's a fugue. But after that, they start being different from each other, and then it was time to do some sight reading. Well, obviously, you managed well because you got that 
that part in the choir and the rest they say is history and you had a wonderful time there in that choir and through all the years of your experience and learning that's brought you here Mater Day Radio. So it was wonderful to sing for such a serious and and an excellent musician as Philip Brett who edited many editions of music and was famous all over the world. Wow. Obviously, what you have learned from him is immense, and you have shared just a little bit of that education, that music education, with us every week on The Glory of the Mass. Terry, it is always great to have you with us. Thank you so very much for joining us today. You're very welcome, Brenda. And you can find the full playlist of Glory of the Mass this week. It is episode 235. You'll find it at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app.